Hey, this is Corey Wong. If you are interested in guitar players, if you're interested in artists and how they think, why they create, what it is that motivates them to create, come check out my podcast, Wong Notes Podcast, where I get to interview some of my absolute heroes, people like John Mayer, Niall Rogers, Jacob Collier, Madison Cunningham, Benson, Vi, Santana, Satriani, Lukather, Matheny. Oh, the names are insane icons of the guitar, icons of artistry and creativity. I absolutely love sitting down with these musicians and getting to ask them about their creative process and get into the details of why they do what they do. Check it out, Wong Notes. Listen now, wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to the Chasing Freds podcast. Once again, my name is Jason Shattered from Premier Guitar, and I'm joined this week by Andy Ellis. Hey, everyone. It's a joy to be here. <laughs> so we're going to wrap up this first week uh, with Tommy uh, by talking about what his kind of, I don't know, motivation is the right word, but his approach to kind of developing a career as a solo guitarist, because even though Chet was a real <clears throat> primal influence in his early years, um, even when you met up with him to write that feature in L.A., he, he hadn't quite really made his path as a solo acoustic guitarist yet, has he, Andy? No, he was, yeah. he was a, a blues rock fusion electric guitarist for that album, The Journey. Yeah, and hearing kind of his, his journey, uh-huh, pun intended, <laughs> from that kind of stuff to really making his bones as a as a person who can musician who can go up on stage the Ryman, armed with just an acoustic guitar and pack the place and get everybody moving, uh, was really inspiring to hear him talk about that. Yeah, and he has some advice that is priceless for new guitarists, younger guitarists coming up who want to emulate Tommy's career in a way mm -hmm. and and uh one thing that tommy says is that you know if you just have if you're a one-man band he's really big 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 about the one-man band you're not having to pay an ensemble you have to get up there and do it all yourself and then he talks about what that really means yeah. to be a one-man band and there's also another piece of priceless wisdom which has to do with his day yes he breaks down the day Naps are important. <laughs> That's the only spoiler I'm going to give. Naps are important. <laughs> we'll, we'll also learn about the importance of ironing your own shirts. Yes. That Leave it like that. You'll have to listen. That uh, I, It was like a famous quote. I can't remember if Jim Hall, I'd read it in a Jim Hall interviewer one time, but he, he uh, was talking to Freddie Green about, you know, what advice would you give me, you know, if I'm going out on the road? And he's like, always pack your uniform on top. You know, and that's kind of you got you got it ironed. You want to make sure it's not wrinkled. You always you always pack it on top, so when you get to the gig, you're you're ready to to change and, and hit it. So, uh, with that, uh, just a reminder to uh, please rate and review wherever you can. Uh, it really helps out a lot. And uh, and hit us up any questions. Chasing frets at premierguitar.com. So. Uh, we're going to wrap up this week with one more episode with Tommy. And uh, thanks for all for tuning in for this first week. And we'll talk to you soon. <laughs>
And once again, we're joined by Tommy Emanuel himself to uh, round out this first week. <laughs> Greetings, Earthlings. <laughs> so uh, previously we've talked about, on Monday we talked about uh, kind of technically developing your skills as a solo guitar player, and Wednesday we kind of went on a, a super fun deep dive uh, with some great Chet Atkin stories and some great recommendations for people who, if, if they're not familiar with Chet's music, would be uh, Tommy's giving you a good good place to start. And today I wanted to talk yeah. about kind of what it, what do you think are the most important things about developing a career as a solo guitar performer? And, and what are some things to keep in mind if, if somebody's out there and, and they want to um, kind of follow in, in your steps and, you know, be able to only split the check one way? You don't want to follow me. I'm, I, you know, there's, I'm, I'm already the old model. I'm already the, uh, the previous generation. You know, it's like, I, I feel so young. I, I feel like a teenager, really. Um, but I, I'm 65 years old, and when I look at, you know, people like uh, Callum Graham or uh, uh, Mike Dawes or um, you know, Khaki King, people like that. I feel so old-fashioned, but but I'm not really, you know. I I still believe in playing a good melody, and I'm always looking to either learn a good melody or write a good melody somehow. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of people out there who are doing very well. Um, the difference is, uh, don't take this the wrong way, but but a lot, the younger generation equate hits on YouTube or Instagram or whatever equals success, and that is not the case. Uh, it's a lot harder to build an audience than people think because, you know, you can, you can click on your phone and you've got that person in your phone and you can steal that song and learn it and blah, blah, blah. That person's not making a penny from that, right? So I'm, I make a living playing live. That's how I make a living. Um, thankfully, you can monetize some things like YouTube, but you're not going to retire on that money, I can tell you that. Um, so what I've discovered in my life is that, A, you've got to have a good repertoire. You've got to, you've got to know that you're out there to play for the people. You've got to get out there and give them everything you've got. Give it all away because you're going to have to do that again tomorrow. If you go out there and play half-hearted or don't try with every fibre of your being, then get the hell out of the way because I'm coming in. You know, that's, that's what I think. I, I, I cannot do this uh, half measures. It's all or nothing, you know. And once I start playing, it's like it's all over. The train's left and I'm on it and, and I'm not stopping until I get to the end and I've, I've used all my fuel, you know. Um, I, my main concern is to give people a great time, play some songs really from deep inside me and try to give people some entertainment and distract them from ordinary life. That's my job, you know. And if you leave my show with a smile on your face and it's like, wow, you know, do you know what you're going to say? i got to see that again. i got to hear that again. That's what you want, you know. The, the people often ask me, what's, what's the secret to your success? And I like hard work. There's no secret. There's hard work. Um, and putting the audience first, 
serving the music properly, all that sort of stuff. You know, the formula for failure is to try and please everyone because you can't do that. Um, there may be some people who totally get you and love what you do, but you've got people who don't and you've got to be okay about that. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember falling for that, trying to please everyone thing year, long, long time ago. I was making strides in Canada and I was doing well and starting to play bigger places and all that. And some of my fans in Canada were really enthusiastic and great. But there was always people who made uh, comments like, oh, everything too fast, everything too loud. God, it was good. You know, like backhanded compliment kind of thing. And there was one guy who wrote several times and he said, you know, I just wish Tommy would slow down and take it easy and and uh, and just play a few more ballads because he's like so full on and blah, blah, blah. So the next time I went back to Montreal, I remembered that and I thought, oh, um, so I started the show a lot with a couple of ballads and I talked a lot more and I, I was really relaxed with the crowd and everybody had a good time. And then the next day on my, on my forum was this guy writing, Tommy just doesn't have the energy he used to have. You know, and I thought there it is right there. I, no matter which way I go, I cannot please that guy and I'm going to stop trying to please him. You know, I had to learn that, that, that lesson, but you know, really to answer the question in a simple sentence, get some good songs and get out there and play them to everybody. You know, that's, and if you do something, uh, you'll create a demand and then you can supply that demand because you are the supply. And that's what you need to be working at. Build an audience by hand. You get fans who love you right from the start and know that you're, that you're really trying to give them your best. They'll, you'll have them for life. You know, you'll be able to say, when I go back to blah, 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 I'm going to recognize all those people and they're waiting for me to do this. You know, it's a beautiful thing, but you've got to work at it. You've got to work harder and get your repertoire together. Don't play exactly the same thing every time, you know. In my show, I build in songs like Nine Pound Hammer so I can just fly my kite and play way too much because that's what people want to hear. They don't want me to, they don't want me to play uh, a carefully worked out solo and play the same one next year just with a little more feeling maybe or whatever. They, people want to see me take chances and risks and get out on the limb and really go for it. And, and all that sort of stuff. That's what people want to see. Yeah. Um, and I do that. And then I'll play a song like Angelina or Blood Brother, Blood Brother or, you know, one of my ballads. And I, I'll just play it as I wrote it and not do anything else to it because I know it doesn't need it. And mu musically, it would be the wrong move, you know. So some songs... Uh, just play them with all your heart. That's all, that's all you have to do, you know. The way I look at it, there's a million guys and girls out there who have better technique than me and who can play stuff I can't play. But I'm very lucky. I have a particular sound. I, I write in a certain way and it helps me to stand out from the herd because, boy, the herd's getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> How many songs do you keep in an active repertoire? You're a touring guitarist. What what does it take for Tommy to go out on the road and uh, play shows? 
Mm. Well, I carry three guitars on the road and a, a trunk load of songs that I can stand on. You know, the thing is, Andy, uh, I'm, I'm human like, like you and everybody else. So every now and again, I'll have a night where the magic just isn't there. You know, I'm expecting it every night and some nights it's not there. And if you're feeling flat or tired or, you know, you've got a backache or something's going on and you're trying to stay focused, they're the nights you really got to get through and they're the nights that you better have the good songs and good arrangements to play. Because even on my worst night, I can stand on my repertoire. You know what I'm saying? I can play an hour and 40 minutes of all good stuff. And, but when the magic is there, holy smoke, look out, look out. It's going to be magic. It's going to be magic carpet time. And you better hang on and fasten your seatbelt because I don't know what I'm going to do once I get out there, you know. So you're always hoping for the magic. But the key is you better have songs that you really believe in and you really know the arrangement works and you've spent time uh, making that grow into something good. So um, that's what I think, you know, you just have the right material together. And don't try to play past your, out, outside of your ability zone, you know. I, I really regretted the times that I came out and started the show with a really fast song because I was so excited the room was full. And, and I fumbled my way through it, you know. The audience probably didn't notice, I hope, but I noticed. And the, uh, as soon as I finished that song, I went, fuck, I did the wrong thing. I should have started with a medium-paced song and built up. But I was too excited, and uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another thing about that, I just want to say, Jace, is people think that I psych myself up for a show, and that's not true. I try to psych myself down, if anything, because I'm already ricochet rabbit. You know, <laughs> I wake up in the morning, I'm already on 10, and I'm going to go to 11 when I walk out there. So I'd better try and be calm. So 10 minutes before the show, I'm tuning and playing, and I'm being very calm. And I call this time the balm of calm. And that helps me focus and get in a relaxed way of playing. And then I don't come out and go all guns blazing. I come out and play a song that I know I can play this song absolutely in the groove with a good sound. My tuning is good. I'm confident. And I'm just going to enjoy this first song to start the ball rolling. And then I'll start throwing my my star knives at everybody, <laughs> like a ninja. I was just going to ask if you have, if you've developed over these years, kind of a, a pre-show ritual. So, I mean, outside of that 10 minute uh, bomb of calm, mm -hmm. do you, do you warm up a lot before a show or? Absolutely. So a normal day on the road for me, I wake up in the morning and reach for my guitar before I reach for my toothbrush. You know, uh, I, I play a little and see how my hands are. Like yesterday, I, uh, yesterday uh, I was doing some videoing and I was really struggling. My mind was all over the place. And I said, that's it. I, I'm going to put it down and say goodnight to my 
what are the musical stuff that I wanted to do and I went and cooked some food and, and had an early night. When I woke up this morning, I got out and it was really cold here, went a long walk and I came back, had some coffee. I came in here and sat down and I literally felt the warmth go through my body to the tips of my fingers and I started playing and I was like right in the zone. I got chills playing and I knew, oh, I better start shooting some videos now because I'm in the zone and I, I knew it. So when I'm on the road, I'll, I'll play a little bit in the morning. Then we've got to travel and get to the next place. I'll take a nap, 20 minutes at 2.30 in the afternoon. I'll then get up, shower, shave, iron my clothes. Ironing and doing housework and stuff like that is very therapeutic. It's really good for you. I can solve all manner of problems while I'm ironing my shirts. Uh, and it was my mother who taught me that. She said to me, if you've got, when, when you grow, grow up and be a man, she said, if you need to work things out, go and clean the bathroom and you'll find your answer. Go and iron your shirts and you'll find your answer, you know. So I get to the hall between 4 and 4.30 and my guys are already set up. My guitars are on stage ready for me to play them. I pick up my main guitar, which is this one, and I go to my dressing room and I get it out and I start playing as if I'm sitting on the stage playing to the audience, you know. I never practice as if I'm just going through the motions or something. I always practice as if everyone's watching because that's important. I've got to be on it and I've got to be committed to what I'm doing, even if no one's watching. Well, someone's watching because there's a power greater than myself running this world. I don't know what it is, but it's watching. So, um, uh, okay, so then Steve will let me know when he's ready, my sound man. I'll go out. I'll, I'll start playing. I, I won't, everything will be set. I'll just plug in and start playing as if it's a show. And Steve will start bringing the sounds in and the monitors, the side fill. And after about three or four songs, We'll, we'll start to agree on, on our settings and all that. And I'll say, I need a little less bass in that speaker over there and he'll adjust it. Okay, there it is. Give me more voice here, blah, blah, blah. Then, I'll, then after we've got the guitar sounding to where I like it, I'll start singing and get the vocal sounding right. Then I'll change guitars and get all three guitars sounding good. Uh, that takes usually 20 minutes to half an hour, maybe a bit longer if I want to play more. And then I'll put the guitar down and then we have dinner and then I'll start playing again, change my strings. And then I'll do a meet and greet and meet people before the show. And then at eight o'clock I'm ready and I'm at my best because I've done all those things to get myself to that point. I've had some rest. I've done some practice. I've uh, played like I'm playing the show. I've met people, I've, uh, you know, all that sort of stuff. So now at 8 p.m., I'm ready to rock, rock the house, you know. Wow. And even though you, you mentioned you're 65, you're very sprightly 65. So just always, I'm always interested to see what are their you kind of mentioned like you take a nap and do other things. Are there other things you do on the yeah. road to kind of keep your, your energy up outside of those times? Yeah. Well, I've been blessed with good energy ever since I was born. Um, and you, you have no idea. I'm Mr. Relax today, but I, I can go like a lunatic if I let myself, you know, I've always had the enthusiasm of a child in a ice cream parlor at everything I do. Um, 
and I can work longer hours and stay focused longer than just about anybody I know. And I'm not bragging. I'm just saying that's the truth. I can play all day and all night and keep going. And I will wear you out. <laughs> that's what I'm really like. Right. So as I get older, I realize that's not so cool. I better back that off, you know? So the older I get, the more relaxed I am anyway. Even when there's a million things going on, like I've got, you know, a PBS meet and greet with 50 people and I've got to get photos with all of them and I've got to do this and that's got to move through and now there's 40 fans who have paid uh, for a VIP ticket. Now I've got to spend time with each one of those and, and get all that done and then now I've got 10 minutes before the show to get ready. You know what I mean? Most people, it would just totally scramble their brain. For me, I just look at it as fun. It's a lot of fun. And I take, I sap everybody of their enthusiasm and their energy. And as soon as I walk out on stage, bang, I give it back to them. And that's how, that's how my life has always been. You know, when I go out there, this could be the last time I play. So holy hell, am I going to go for it? You know, and that's just how I am, you know. But my best playing is when I'm absolutely relaxed and calm. That's when whatever flows through me really flows through me. And I always say the musician's prayer, and that is, God, make me a hollow reed from which the pith of self has been blown so that I may be a clear channel for your love to flow through me and to everybody else. So it's like... The first thing you got to do, if you want to affect other people, get rid of yourself. Get rid of the shitty committee in your brain who are telling you that you're you're, you're never going to be enough or, or there's better players out there, blah, blah, blah. And that is attached to your pride and ego. If you can crush the ego, you will cause a channel to open that is much bigger than you. And it will flow through you and you'll see people's lives change. And all you did was show up and tried to play your best. It's not about you. It's about what happens when you play. And if you, get, if you crush that ego, you're opening the big window, folks. You're opening the big door and it's not you. It's not about you. It's about what you do and why you're here. That's what I think. Yeah. I think, and that's good advice for whether you're a solo performer or in a band. I mean, it's just. Just whether you're a human being who cares about anybody else <laughs> but yourself, you know, because, you know, until I learned all this, uh, I, it, I realized how self-centered and selfish I was um, and, uh, and all that sort of stuff. I remember my first crushing blow of my ego was seeing someone so much better than me and that just like, I felt like someone punched me in the stomach and I had to kind of, like a wounded dog, I had to scamper out of that club and go and talk to myself and say, you know nothing. You know what I mean? You thought you were pretty hot, didn't you? But you know shit. That guy just killed you with three notes. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And, and that was a great wake up for me. I was 18. I was so full of myself. I'd been, you know, the king of the castle, the golden boy, Mr. Fabulous and all that, you know. 
And when I saw someone play a solo using sustain, vibrato, and beautiful choice of notes, and it totally killed me. But it's the best thing that ever happened to me because I came away from that going, I know nothing, I've got to get to work. Well, I think that's a great way to end this first week, Tommy. I can't, uh, can't thank you guys enough. Let's do it again sometime. We're only scratching the surface, boys. <laughs> I'm sure. So where can people go online to find out more about uh, your new records and your tour dates and everything else? Okay, well, uh, um, you can go to TommyEmmanuel.com mm-hmm. or you can go to, to my fan page, Tommy Emanuel, on, um, on Facebook. Right. And while we're in this uh, isolation lockdown period, uh, Wednesdays uh, here in the Pacific area, Pacific time, 5 p.m., uh, I'm doing uh, Wednesdays. I'm doing Instagram Live, and Friday I do uh, Facebook Live for about half an hour. My new album is uh, called Tommy Songs, yeah. and it's, uh, it's a collection of all original instrumentals, 24 songs. It's a uh, it's a double album. So mm-hmm. it's been such a joy to to spend some time with you guys. Thanks for letting me ramble oh, and. Yeah. I appreciate you, and uh, I wish you all the best with this uh, great project of yours. We appreciate it. Thank you, Tommy. Yeah, thank you, Tommy. All right, we'll talk to you soon, everybody. Thanks again. (laughs) 